Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Ladies and gentlemen of our uh, Luca Nation community, one of the fastest growing communities on Instagram. And I, I don't think that we're going to be able to cover all of the topics we need to cover today with our current guest. Uh, you guys are in for a treat. I highly, highly, highly recommend listening to the end because we're going to cover everything from how Spinatron started in the hobby, uh, his collection, which spans so many different categories. You know, this man has collected a whole Prism Gold set from 2020, 2012. He has autographs. He's into NFTs. This episode is a you can't miss episode, and I'm really excited to bring it to you guys. So without further ado, we have the celebrity guest. We have... Someone who Panini America reposts just about every single thing Spinatron, uh, Spinatron creates on Instagram. So without further ado, Spin, welcome to the Lucas Tigers and Bronze podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Okay, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, those three guys are like, the name and the title are pretty good. <laughs> I, I, it like, was you know, those, a little bit of LeBron maybe. <laughs> T- tell us... Uh, so I know you live in Europe now, which is interesting, and I'm sure there's a whole backstory to that. But how did you get started in the collecting uh, in the collecting space? Right. Um, yeah, I think I had a very old um, encounter with hobby back in '90s. I um, I saw ads on the magazine. So there's a, this hobby store. I was in China at that time. Uh, it's a uh, fairly far away from my home city. So I have to go there like once every three or four months. And while I was there, I opened like uh, maybe three or four packs maximum every time. So I was able to sample through all the 90s um, classical releases. Although I didn't pull like uh, so many crazy stuff, but it um, left a huge impression on me. And I was away for like uh, maybe a decade and uh, I, Maybe back in 2009 or so, I was chasing um, a comic book, hop on eBay, and suddenly remember like there's this Kobe card. I was curious to see <laughs> how it does then. So I, I started search, and um, yeah, the rest is history. Basically, I couldn't uh, stop. So it's um, yeah, it's been a journey like for maybe 12 to 13 years. Yeah. That's cool. So right? as you we probably, talk about nostalgia, right? We talk about like, hey, what brings people back? And, you know, I mean, how long was the trek for you to go to that card store? Take like an hour to get there? <laughs> you know, like, the one back in the 90s took a little while to get there, right? So here you are, a kid, right? Yeah. You're like, the hell with it. I got to save my money up. I'm going to save it up for three, four months. Take that mm-hmm. travel, yeah. however, you know, bus, train, however you get in there, just to buy three or four packs. And right. 13, 14 years later, you're on eBay and you're like, <laughs> uh, it's pulling me back in, right? It's, I got to check on those Kobe cards that I used to be searching for on those packs in '96. It's awesome, mm-hmm. right? That's what you know. I think that's what draws a lot of people into this hobby. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it was uh, like five um, thousand kilometers away, so it's uh, I, oh, yeah, like five hundred kilometers. Sorry, five hundred. Right. It's still away, pretty yeah. far, <laughs> but five thousand would have been a heck of a trip. That's, that's pretty awesome, but still, I mean, that's you know, I mean, I had a card store around the corner from me, which was great. Um, and you are driving, you're, you're, you're taking the trek to go and do it. It's, I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, and oh nine, what a good time to get back to the hobby, right? Talking yeah. about some fun stuff going on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I when you, 
when yeah. you when you when you're on eBay and you're you know you're moving away from your comics and you're looking at Kobe, what's the first thing you, you remember buying? What's the first thing you remember looking for? Did you jump into 09? Did you go back into the nineties stuff? What'd you do? Yeah, because I remember uh, on the back magazine there there was this uh, Kobe uh, Chrome rookie, right? That was the first thing I bought, like a BGS ten. So I was always uh, back then I was chasing the highest grade of the Kobe rookies. Just like every new collector these days tend to do, like searching the highest grade. Um, and then I think the first one I won actually is a credential. Uh, it's not credential. It's like the EX uh, rookie, which is the base version of the credential. Um, so Beautiful I, card. yeah, that was a very condition sensitive and um, yeah, crazy design. Yeah, and also ushered the credential era in the skybox. But I quickly moved on from uh, rookie cars in top grades onto something like, like those classical 90s uh, super rare releases. Those were my focus for quite a few years at the beginning like, of collecting. Which ones? Um, like those uh, PMGs PMG. or uh, yeah, credentials. Yeah, those are my favorites. <laughs> you have any PMGs left? You have any PMGs uh, now? Yeah, I have a one I can show you if you want. Uh, just yeah. tell me which one you got, because that way you can be jealous, and I'll, I'll shut up. I'll fall on the floor and let Andrew do the rest. <laughs> okay, I can show you like a buy. Uh, I would love to see it. Yeah, I have some ready. Sorry, I should have been more organized. Wow. But it's <laughs> this is fun. We are the least organized podcast in the world. It's, Look at uh, that. This one. That's beautiful. So it's the it's the Gem Master. It's the one of one. Uh, second year of the PMG release. Yeah. Wow, that's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Has a bunch of letters saying it's one of one. Yeah. One of one. Well, <laughs> I'm curious. You know what's you know if someone was to ask you know Spin, what's your collecting philosophy? You know what would you say to them? Because you your your collection spans so many different corners of the hobby. You know I'm curious. You know what's your philosophy? Philosophy, mm, yeah. So I think um, as I started um, at the very beginning, I because I also, um, although I had a contact with the hobby in the nineties, but I was very much like um, a newbie, right? So I have to uh, read around. At that time, there was two uh, hobby forums, Hobby Kings and the Blowouts. So I basically read every post, basically all the major um, discussions on what's the classical, which makes the sets so great, and what's the the most favorite um, sets among collectors, player collectors. Um, so after after I know this, I, I form a kind of um, personal taste, which is my um, would be my um, chase. So I define my um, like goal basically. I was very lucky. I was able to get two Kobe credential now out of eight. Um, I think it is one of the rarest Kobe card in nineties. So only eight of them, I was able to get two. And the time I get my second was actually um, April 12th, like uh, 10 years ago of yesterday. <laughs> so that kind of, because I really like the card, the, acetate um, feel on the one, one side and uh, very thick and uh, like um, refracting with the 
clear contour, a silhouette cutout, a little bit of uh, like surface topography kind of feel, like there's a layer of uh, color change. So I really like that set. And uh, I don't know whether you, you guys are familiar with that set. Um, it's uh, like, has a crazy numbering system. So it's a set of 80 cards. And um, so the if the card is, for example, is uh, at position eight, it's numbered out of eight. So, so on and so forth. So at the top of the list, it's super hard to get uh, even like find a copy anywhere. So that, that chase kind of um, um, defines what I want to do. So I, so that's basically my, I think my, although I collect so much uh, varieties, but that credential set chase was the main focus. And I structured my um, player, player collecting because, um, you know, at the end of the set, those player uh, like uh, numbered out of um, one or two or three, those are impossible to get. You have to be prepared for it. Like you have to collect that player well enough so that one, you know where it is. And second, if the owner does not want to sell, you can offer very good trade for it. So, so I had a very good Garnett um, um, PC as well as Grand Hill <laughs> just waiting for the, you know, out of one, out of two to surface. Yeah, so basically that was basically the early part of my collecting. And uh, I finished uh, after like uh, seven years or so, yeah. These, these cards are not cheap, right? So, you know, what's funding this? Are you selling blood? Are you selling drugs? Is this Yakuza money? <laughs> like, what do we got going on here? Where, 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 are we, where are we come up with this stuff? Because I want to know. I can't afford yeah. any of these damn things. Right. I think back then, <laughs> things are pre still pretty much, you know, I mean, it's not the, definitely not like... Um, candy store money but still within reach like um right. i was a kind of person that would be hesitant to like upgrade my glass for example i've been wearing this for like uh, five or six years <laughs> but if uh, some key cards show up i would like very um, passionately try to chase it if it's by something... the way i love that spinatron i love it yeah. because andrew's <laughs> always saying he's like this guy he's not afraid to drop you know, all this money on a card, but he won't even buy himself, you know, good headphones for the podcast. I got the little wire, you know. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm with Always you, man. This. I get it. That's yeah. your grail, man. Which, 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 I mean, I, I got to do because I'm excited listening about this stuff because, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are, who are listening like, I got lucky, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, he was buying this stuff early, right? It's not luck, right? You, you know, there was strategy, there was collection on this. Even though these things were affordable, you were mm -hmm. smart enough to realize that to get the Garnett, to get the Grand Hill, to get those from the collectors, that mm -hmm. it wasn't just going to be about money. It was right. about strategy, right? So mm -hmm. you had to go and buy other Garnets, whether it was a Skybox Premium Ruby, right? Mm -hmm. Or whether it was, you know, you know, uh, I, I can't even imagine what the Grand Hill card would be, you know, whatever it is. But you built up a PC of those guys knowing that you would have to be an offer to the holder of the one of one or the one of two, the Hill and the Garnet of, of your credentials cards. You have mm -hmm. to offer them cash and some other grail type card in order to pry the card you want out of their hands. So there's a lot of strategy. It's not just luck. I mean, it's, this is smart, right? And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, it doesn't always work out. I need, a, I need a Pokemon PSA 10 Zard, but I couldn't <laughs> afford it. So I bought a nine figuring mm -hmm. maybe, you know, if, if it's between me and somebody else trying to get a 10 from someone, Maybe my offer of cash and a nine 
beats mm-hmm. out someone else's offer of cash. It's the same type of thing. I love it. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's real cool stuff. So you're obviously still collecting now, and some of the cards yeah. you have are other people's grails. What's your grail card right now? What's the card you're hunting now? Okay. The number one, the top of the peak. Mm, yeah, I think uh, the reason I'm waiting to like discuss here is because I have... Somebody else is looking for it? Somebody else is looking uh, yeah. you don't want to... <laughs> yeah, because I have no hostage uh, situation to be given. <laughs> so I think I'm pretty much uh, uh, satisfied with everything. Um, wow. Nice. So, but, but still, I I um I like Immaculate a lot because it's kind of like the Panini's version of Exquisite, same designer, and I, I think it has the most well thought uh, set compositions uh, in Panini's uh, all the products. And Kobe has this um, a number piece Acetate Auto Patch out of eight. Uh, it happened to be uh, his last. Um, Immaculate auto patch because of the situation uh, on, on like this tragedy. Um, before all the number pieces kind of uh, auto patch are out of uh, 24, and this is eight for the first time. And um, the design, like the action shot, was the 81 game. So it's very special. I was able to get seven of the eight. So the missing, the eighth one would be the one of the. <laughs> key card um wow high on my list that's the so you also don't play the, nice man you don't leave any for anyone because i'm listening to this I'm like, <laughs> let me go try to find one of these this sounds like a cool card maybe i'll mortgage my house but no i'm not gonna find them because you already have seven of eight and the eighth one you're gonna you know you're gonna hold somebody up at gunpoint make sure you get that one too obviously <laughs> yeah <laughs> one is actually with a good friend of mine who is a very passionate kobe collector so it's um yeah it's I'm happy with the seven because Kobe been to final seven times, so that's cool with me already. So, but if something can be worked out, uh, even great. Yeah. So it's like uh, all eight of them. It's uh, almost impossible. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing stuff. So he doesn't even have he doesn't have a grail. There's sort of one, but his friend owns it. So he knows whatever <laughs> comes available, he's gonna get it anyway. Look at this guy. Who's better than you? What do you got, Andrew? <laughs> I don't even know where to go. Well, yeah, by the way, to follow up on uh, what what you just said. Um, you you mentioned that you try to get a PSA ten of something, right? Yeah. And um, uh, maybe at the time the ten is uh, out of reach or it's not available simply on the market. I think it's or sometimes it's not slightly imperfect, not up to your standard, right? It's for example the patch of something is not as good as you want, or I think it's still if if the situation allows, it's still good to have one. Because um, the next time it comes around, it could be just another multiple of that. And also, um, yeah, you can always upgrade, right? Sell this to fund the other and so on. Lots of things to play with. Yep. And you're 100% always right. For the perfect thing to show up, it's uh, going to be... Yeah, it's, yeah, you're 100% right. When I when I passed on the card I wanted, it was, you know, it was like 70,000. And now it's like, you know, 400,000. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, well, it's what happens. It's just what happens. <laughs> Okay, you are at the complete magnitude of my, okay. <laughs> Spin, what, what do you think about this? So right now with the new prices, with the, with the exponential increase in some of the prices of cards, it's really hard for the, young, the little guy to come in and, and build up his collection, build up his bankroll the way you started in the 90s and did. Uh, I'm not saying that that's true. That's what people are saying. What advice would you have for someone just starting out in the hobby? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think although uh, all the visible, like a big, uh, like white whale cars are super expensive right now, right? But I think still there are very good cars with a ton of historical significance of the top players, still very much uh, affordable. You just have to find the perfect opportunity and know enough about it so you know what it is when it shows up. So the hope is not lost. It's not like um, there's no chance whatsoever. Yeah, I think it's still a lot of um, good deals to be had. You have to uh, learn a little bit about um, various. I think it's good to know like what's the first uh, of various concepts, like first jersey car, first jersey auto, and first of, uh, for example, the the player won a championship on that year and the, the best car and so on and so forth. So there are various uh, angle to to the chase. Obviously, there's always a be um, like the universally agreed the best card of a that gonna be like very coveted. It's uh, yeah, that's could be tough. But for me, I, I think it's impossible for me to just go out there like to buy like the million dollar like Kobe um, black label rookie, right? It's 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 just not possible. But I, I, I'm still able to pick up very nice cards. For example, I got a Tom Brady Prism Black uh, in the first year, which is the first ever uh, Prism. But it's not the base one of one. The base one of one might be like one million dollar right now. But I got the insert. Only like there's a tooth like base and insert. There's no more. And the and it's not a top grade. It's not PSA ten, but still very nice. It's, it's around ten uh, k. So it's yeah. It's, I would say it's a very good deal and uh, within reach by a lot of people. Right. It's still not a, a trivial amount of money, but you would think that this. Thing cannot be had, but actually, it's things like this uh, are all over the place. Yeah, you can't just uh, grab them. Uh, it's important to, um, like, I think it's important to know the the cards a little bit before you um, invest or jump in, and also do not listen too much on the uh, various advices, like especially uh, data analysis. Because some of uh, things can be like post addiction, right? You you see how it's going and try to fit a narrative, it, and also it changes very quickly, right? Um, uh, like upwards trajectory could just drop, and also there could be other like because so little so few sales of these uh, rare cards, uh, and each auction could be uh, various different factors. It could be like a Someone has to trade some cards, so he's willing to go very hard on this card to trade the, the other card he has to have or something. And right. once this is done, such a situation is no longer there. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of, like, it's, 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 it's impossible to predict market. So, so I have a, a question for you, Spin, right? So um, it's going to yeah. take it in a different direction, but it, 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 it kind of piggybacks on your, everybody has their own narrative, everybody has their own little data analysis. Mm-hmm. I may not get a chance to talk to somebody for a long mm-hmm. time who knows more about Panini basketball cards, Panini football, you know, Panini than you. You're basically like Panini's poster child. You say something, <laughs> they they post it, right? So it's I mean, obviously okay. you you've been doing Panini stuff for a long time. You know the Prism brand, the whole deal, right? Mm-hmm. I love 2012 Prism. I talk about it all the time. I love Prism. You know, I think Prism is awesome. I think it is the uh, you know it's it's the bellwether set. There are a mm-hmm. lot of people out there talking about. 
the, the narrative is this, right? It's at mm-hmm. some point in time, select is going to pass prison, uh, okay. right? And what that means, I don't know, you know, whether that means it's going to be the card that people <laughs> collect, it's going to be the, you know, the go-to rookie card, it's going to be the one that is better, uh, it's going to be more expensive. I don't know what select's going to mm-hmm. pass prism means, but I'll just leave mm-hmm. it out there for you. I'll say, do you think select passes prism? You think Prism is just like installed as like the you know the, the go-to product? You think that you know Select might actually you know quote pass it? What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I think I heard of some arguments uh, favoring Select uh, Prism a little bit because I think it's uh, at least for certain years it's rarer than uh-huh. uh, Prism, right? Silver uh, Select Silver is rarer than Prism. Yep. Um, but I, I'm not sure it's uh, universally applied. Um, I think Select, when it first came out in basketball, it was the first brand to introduce the one-for-one Prism Black. It's the Select. And I happen to have the Kobe one, but I didn't have others. And also, it's the first uh, one to have uh, RPA in a Prism type of technology. And right now, the Select features... Uh, a huge um, patch window, like you can get um, RPA of, of in select uh, with a huge patch. Mm-hmm. But in Prism, is a very small square. But still, I think Prism is the universal. Yeah, it's the number one. The the, the status is so so like uh, firm right now. It's almost like uh, much better than the like national treasure. RPA of the rarest kind, or even logo man. So, a good prism gold in high grade might even outsell the logo man sometimes. So it's well, how so does it's that argue like it's anywhere close? It's not possible. <laughs> oh, Andrew's jumping out of his seat. He wants to know how that makes sense. How, how does that, that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's, I, I I don't know. I think maybe. Well, Spin, yeah, if you were, if you were chasing a rookie sense. now, right? Sure. If you were chasing like a rookie, let's say it's not Kobe, let's say you like, I don't know, Cam Reddish. Like, I'm going to pick, you know, Andrew's favorite rookie, right? If you were going to chase him, you would rather have a gold Prism BGS 10 over like a, a National Treasures Limited RPA? Because it's rare? Because it's, it's just like that's what people are after? That's what the demand is? Remember, it's supply and demand, man. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's, the, I, that's the, what market says right now. Like, for example, let's uh, put some uh, example out there. Like um, recently in the Golden Auction, there is this uh, Jermaine, like uh, mm-hmm. Immaculate Logoman autograph, one of one, right? It yep. sold a little over 200K. I think it's fairly reasonable or on the low side compared to a very highly touted uh, rookie, right? Especially the latest rookie class. But if you look at um, uh, Donovan Mitchell's um, Prism uh, offered in collectible with market price, I think 150K, which is very close to that, right? Uh-huh. Donovan is having a great year, but I think his price is nowhere near uh, Joe Moran. And also, it's a 10 starting Immaculate. So it's the price is three quarters, right? It's sometimes. Uh, that's what market seems to dictate. I think one of the reasons is that uh, refractor kind of, it's a, kind of a very primitive like appeal, right? <laughs> like, 
very shiny yeah. and um, everybody likes the shiny stuff right yeah. it, well like little cats with laser pointers which yeah, is the shiny also, stuff also some institutional money they seem to f- at least the one of the fund manager probably likes the also not likes those kind of things so maybe that kind of you have a too strong support and you have a very good market yeah. Is it because of the apples to apples comparison where you have the liquidity of the base prism cards, you have the liquidity of the numbered prism cards, which allow you to derive a value for the really scarce ones, where when it comes to immaculate national treasures, it's hard to price those cards out because there is no, you know, how do, what's the price of a one of one? Right. Whatever someone's willing to pay, whatever I sell to cage for, for example. <laughs> Yeah, I think the one of one. Yeah, I, I think the, the example I gave also a little bit misleading because one is an open auction, which is buried very low towards the end of the uh, of an auction batch, which ends at the same time, right? So that might uh, affect the price a little bit. Uh, on the other, it's a fractional offering, which is easy to fail because. Even the price might be, in certain cases, a little bit inflated. People are still, it's kind of like a, a group break or RAS, right? Everybody yeah. just chimed a little bit to all, a little, tiny piece of pie. So different format may make this comparison a little bit uh, skewed. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. The, the prism is kind of like currency right now, right? You uh, like kind of stock, um, prism, uh, silver, PSA 10, something like that. If they are like going up and down so drastically and sometimes shoot up like crazy, the Prism Gold, which is the ultimate version of it, yeah, will definitely get uh, dragged along, right? I think. I so, Spin, you've been in this for quite some time, last last fifteen years or so, last thirteen years or so. You know, you've yeah. been you've seen the ups, the downs. You've seen the hobby, you know, kind of grow. You've seen you know different brands, different releases come in, and obviously, mm-hmm. you have to see that there's more stuff being produced now, significantly more stuff being produced now than there was, you know, when you came back into it, when you were collecting your 2012 Prism cards and whatnot. Um, For our folks out there who are listening and who maybe just got in in the last year or two, right? We don't want them to, you know, lose faith in the hobby, right? So obviously, you know, when there were a couple brands out there, when there were a couple of things and the the prices were were less money, it was easier to grab the goats and grab the, the good cards of the goats. Now, what would you tell somebody who's listening to this now, who's mm-hmm. just in collecting? They have a bankroll. They have money to invest. You know, where would you steer them for today's modern collections? You know, do you, are there bargains out there? Where would you where would you maybe steer them away from? Would you tell them to stay away from these like weird things that don't have like uh, they don't have uh, um, you know a provenance, right? They don't have uh, you know a history. Like, don't buy clearly Dunruss, which I, is the brand I seem to shit on all the time. I apologize, but but you know, like, you know, like stay away from these like hoops premium or whatever it is, and just stick with a certain thing. You know, pick a guy and stick with a guy. I mean, like, what's your advice? Because I'm gonna take it because you you have you know you have a significant history with the brands. You know, with the, with with basketball specifically, but you've seen a lot of of what's come of what's been successful over the last decade of of Panini. So I'd love mm-hmm. to hear this answer. Right. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. Like, um, hard to summarize everything um, briefly. But I think um, I think Panini is actually is doing a good job of um, protecting certain concept. Right. I think at the early on stage. Um, 
they might uh, overuse certain concept when they are very hot. Like, uh, for example, in basketball, like Team USA concept was really hot. So they use everywhere and which makes the demand like go down because like, yeah, first time, first few times you really like it, then you see it all the time. That definitely doesn't help. But nowadays in the past few years, I think they try to protect certain category of things. For example, certain star players, uh, Logoman Auto, they don't get issued often. And also um, they don't roll out different brand every year, like uh, without continuity or something. So there's always a staple brand. Um, it's good to just pick, I think each rookie class has um, a few very good guys, right? Maybe pick one is a little bit risky, maybe pick a few. And um, also cross sports. I think for football, it's for me, it's only quarterback. <laughs> um, basketball maybe, for example, the top two, I think every year is a universally great, right? Which is number one, it's um, personal preference. Um, give, me give me your top two from Zion, Ja, Luca, Trey. You have to pick only two. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, maybe Zion and Luca. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. Significant cards of those guys. Yeah, sorry, Michael Porter Jr. Investor or doesn't make the cut of the top two? <laughs> maybe not. I haven't. I uh, to be honest, I haven't watched um, much of the basketball this year because they are no. broadcast. Uh, right in the middle of the night, it's impossible. But I do watch the news analysis a bit. Yeah, I think you have to. It's definitely you need to watch the game to see whether I think if a player is gonna become the like the future franchise player, right? You have it's a, it's a it will pass the eye test basically, and also um, you have to look at the situation whether um, the team is going anywhere because. Um, I think the market is very have a very short memory. After a few years, even though first mm -hmm. few years, yeah, you get a super prizes, a lot of collectors. For example, Wiggins or some other guys, a Wall John Wall was used to be popular, and uh, even Blake Griffin, <laughs> his <laughs> car used to be like 10k. Now it's like a, a couple of hundred dollars. Um, yeah, for the natural treasure. I mean, it's. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, Tatum is is some some guy I collect. I, I think he's doing pretty well, but still, I think um, right now the team was not a, at least not playing at the level people are expecting them to play. If this continues for a few more years, I think, yeah, it also could be uh, risky. So you have to um, analyze deeply. Yeah, but I think the talent-wise, there are generational talents every year. Like yeah, at least uh, worth investing. It's good for the hobby because uh, if it's a bust rookie class, then it's um, the whole year is uh, gonna be wasted. Mm -hmm. Spin. You also do NFTs, or in your profile it says not for sale, not for trade. <laughs> Does that mean you don't trade your cards, or that you're an NFT investor? Because I saw <laughs> you also own a Shaquille O'Neal blockchain card. Yeah, yeah, if you count that as NFT, then I definitely have a bunch. But I ask, keep asking Panini, are these blockchain-based cards actually NFT or not? If not, can you convert them into NFT? Because I know NFT in arts, 
uh, like right, right hot right now, right? And a lot of drops and sold out quickly. So, but I also, yeah, I was, I didn't like deep dive in those scenarios, but I did observe in certain, like they have several websites doing releases, right? In some of the websites, it's sold out pretty quickly. And sometimes it's the mint, like uh, give you like five to 10 minutes, uh, how many copies bought by the guys are the number of releases, right? And then afterwards, it's traded in secondary market. I think the, at least from a few examples I looked at, um, right after release, the price could be easily like several multiple of it, right? And then after maybe just two weeks or three weeks, it comes down to, the worst situation could be even 10% of the minted price, which is quite tragic, I think. Yeah. So it's you, you still, I think in every market, there are super good stuff. Uh, also, I know like Park or Beeple that are like super safe, but there are so many people out there. So cannot be everything diamond. There's no, no way, right? Just like cards. Yeah. Only if you right. look at the... Like, so many products, only maybe less than 20 are like can be defined as classic. Yeah, all the rest of are like basically forgettable. Do you think of yourself, Spin, as a collector or an investor? Yeah, I, I always think of myself as a collector because, um, you know, um, sometimes the car is valued so much, it's easy just to, you know, try to liquidate, right, to, to turn it into some value. I always uh, never think that way. It's find it extremely hard. Yeah. For example, I if I have something fairly pricey, I have to buy. I need to sell uh, some some stuff. And when I sell, I I need to make some strategic decision. Like you have to sell something which gives you um, positive returns, right? You don't want to sell in the loss, and also you do not want to sell the best stuff. Even for the the things I I'm waiting to sell, just because I'm acquiring a much better piece uh even for those stuff i feel very it's not an easy sell for me like um yeah because um i remember the like the process of acquiring those and what's the purpose of the card could be part of the pairing or um yes there's some reason for it to be in my collection so it's yeah it's not for a true investor it's like when you see a perfect opportunity to exit, right? You never think twice about it and there's no emotion involved. <laughs> yeah, that would be the yeah, perfect investor profile. But yeah, I would think myself as a collector, but I'm, I think at this today's age, you have to be um, investment savvy. Like you cannot just, yeah. Uh, so I, when do you sell, player, man? Do you ever sell? Mm -hmm. Do you have like a plan to sell? Do you say, hey, I bought this card at this or are there cards that you will just never sell? King, the key is to never sell is what I'm learning. How <laughs> for I guess, you know, it's just to just die with it, right? Just be buried with it all, right? The person who dies with the most Kobe cards wins clearly is what I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. I, uh, I, you know, uh, when I buy a card, I never think about the scenario where I could sell this or 
what's the condition that if it meets, I will sell this. It's not the, the process I'm thinking. But I know for certain very good investor, they always think, what would be the exit profile for this car? Like who would be the future buyer? Like if I buy this at 1 million, is there like going to be a 5 million buyer in the next three or five years? Um, something like this, yeah. I think at today's level, you really need to have some investment um, yeah, mindset to it somehow. Like, because- uh, Mind if I go with a slightly yes. different direction? It will, be, it will be a little dark for two seconds and we'll switch it back to- <laughs> So I, I, wanna, I, I like to do research. I like to see you know, all the collections that our guests have. And you have amazing cards. I mean, guys, if you just go to spinotron.com, I think you'll never start browsing. You'll just be scrolling down because it's incredible. But I saw you have a few Deshaun Watson cards, right? Yeah, I have. Actually, I and bought one of the big ones recently. <laughs> right. It broke out, yeah. And, and if it's okay, you know, we always talk about all of our successes. I, we never talk about, you know, things that don't go well and how to get out of those and how to, you know, recoup. I mean, it wasn't just Deshaun Watson, Ray Rice. It happens a lot, you know. Uh, how do you, how do you properly, you know, decide when to hold the Deshaun Watson card? For example, someone who's dealing with uh, some allegations against him, you don't know if it's going to get worse or get better. Uh, you know, that card could go to zero. Do you just hold it and you see what happens? Do you cut your losses? How do you think about those types of plays? If, if you don't mind sharing, right? Uh, yeah, if you. Because I think for the current player, right, it's, there's always a risk of injury or certain scandal. Or yeah, in the current like age, a uh, uh, single sentence said wrong, it could be uh, totally canceled, right? Somehow, so there are certain risks associated to the to the guys. Um, yeah, I think no one can. People try to project. It's already tough enough to predict the injury factor. There's no way you can predict this uh, kind of um, PR crisis or some disastrous um, thing like this. So when it happens, um, yeah, it's it's tough call because um, um, I, th I actually read a little bit because I have a, I don't have an extensive uh, Deshaun Watson collection, but I have three very good cars. I actually like him a lot because uh, one of the iconic plays, like someone kicking his face while falling down, he made the uh, like a uh, crazy throw, which completes. And yeah, he's like a caught a magician because of uh, lots of crazy stuff. Um, so that's why I was drawn to him. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, I read a thread. I think everybody's, I think first of all, like the people has huge investment wound want to be part of the participation. See, I, I'm at a huge loss, right? But those are sh filtered out. And all the guys that like left comments are saying like, I've made some sale before. I'm all, all like positive, although I'm holding some, but everything goes zero. I'm still didn't lose money. That, that's basically the general tone. Um, yeah, I think for me, I, I would definitely hold those cards. I think there's, um, because, um, you hold through yeah. the scandal. You hold through. Yeah, yeah, I'll hold because uh, American people has a very short memories, right? If if he has a worse situation, but then wins a Super Bowl, that that, that will cure it all. Like A Rod has a 
like three times or two times um, like um, yeah scandal. But now he has a very good um, as an analysis and uh, very good right. uh, recognition. Yeah. Very, we get, very, I don't even remember what who, are we doing an episode here? What I, my memory is just terrible. Um, so <laughs> I have a question for you, right? And, and it's a reasonable one, it's a Kobe one, actually. Believe it or not, are there mm -hmm. any cards that you think, wow, I gotta sell this? I, I'll give you an example. Last night on eBay, mm -hmm. uh, the 2008 Topps Chrome Refractor, um, PSA 10 of the Kobe and LeBron card, you know, where they're on the same card together, where he's playing mm -hmm. defense on them. Um, that sold and it sold. I think it went for like eighteen thousand dollars or so, something like that, right? And that's about where they've been going for. I've seen themselves at fourteen, seen themselves at twenty recently, and I was actually thinking about buying one because I don't really have any nice Kobe or LeBron cards. I don't really love either one of them, to be honest. Um, and I was like, yeah, maybe I'll just kill two birds with one stone and get both of their both of them on one card. It's a cool one. I think the pop is under seventy. It's like sixty something. I don't like either of them, but I'll buy both. Right, just on one. You got to have them in your collection, right? So when I look at it, and so it's a long lead up to a question, which is my MO. So so I look at it, and I also check like the, the recent sales history, and I go back about 18 months, right? Mm -hmm. And if you go back 12 months on that card, that's now $18,000, or in some instances, 20. You go back just to last year, and it was three grand, you know, mm -hmm. 2,500. You go back mm -hmm. two years, and that card was readily being sold on eBay for $200, $300. And it's now $18,000, right? Do you take a look at stuff like that and say, hmm, you know, maybe I start taking some of the money off the table here? Because how does something like that continue to grow? How does something like that maintain that value? You know, it's just, it's amazing. I do this pretty often. I look out, let me buy that card. But when I look back two years, Maybe I should yeah. never do this because I'm missing out on cards that'll probably be fifty thousand next year because that's just what happens. Um, but you know, what, what's your thought process when you see something like that? And you're like, because you probably own that card. You probably owned it for two hundred dollars two years ago, and now it's eighteen thousand. Do you think like, wow, let me go make some money here? <laughs> yeah, um, right. I think I think that particular card was a, is a super safe. I think many people like it, and uh, yeah. But as you said, in general, like this is a general example, like um, of, of, course, of course, everything, I think compared to values uh, like one or two years ago, it could go up five to 10 times, right? So it's pretty usual to see like value like two or three years ago selling just like, yeah, as you said, maybe even a hundredth. For example, I sold a hardened prison gold, which is uh, 300. <laughs> At that time I was, I think I bought it around 100 or so. Yeah. Um, but recently sold close to maybe, yeah, almost 50K, maybe 40 something K. Yeah. Right. It's I a think huge... about multiple, 100 times <laughs> yeah. or some craziness, right? It's insane. Yeah. But I think because if you look at uh, Harden has achieved and uh, count all his uh, top cards, I think the card is right up there. So it's, I, I think the value won't shrink to that level. It might fluctuate or steadily increase. Yeah, I'm not sure about another such uh, crazy multiplier in the near future. It depends on whether you guys can bring like super celebrity on board or <laughs> athletes. It's if you can expanding the scope, it definitely will increase the demand, right? Yeah, I think you cannot. I think we are at a different um, market right now. You cannot go back and look at the prices. Um, because that, that was my um, earlier mental block also, because once a flipper, because I, I see the market, everything, 
I saw Flipper bought a card, which is um, at that time is a, a Rodman credential. He bought it like 500 or 800. I when he tried to resell, um, I was only waiting to put in a bid of 2k because I cannot imagine myself to significantly overpay that. But I lost the auction, and to get it, I have to put so much effort, and I have to pay like 10K just to get one, like uh, three years later or something. So yeah, sometimes, um, yeah, you, you need to do some analysis and see where things uh, originate, but uh, do not, uh, yeah, get uh, restricted by that in some sense. Yeah. What what line of work are you in, Spin? You know, professionally. Uh, I'm kind of a researcher and um, also help a family sometimes. Yeah, it's kind of researcher mostly. So that's why I'm good at searching some cards and realize some patterns, looking into history and stuff. Yeah. I was gonna say that I wanted. I'm glad you went there because. Mm -hmm. And maybe, I mean, it sounds like you've been a researcher for, what, 20, 30 years, maybe your whole life. Mm -hmm. And I think what's changed about today's world is you research has changed. How you do research has changed, right? Because you mentioned be careful or don't listen to everybody and what they're saying because you might miss the boat. How do you do your research with so much information available? Mm -hmm. But also, you know this as a researcher, uh, not all information is the same, right? Mm -hmm. How, you know, if you were teaching a research class, you know, Harvard, Harvard guy and said, you know, we have this new industry called the sports card hobby collectibles. Uh, teach people about research. How do you go about it? What's the, what are the one, two, three steps? You know, would you mind sharing a little about that? I think it could right. help a lot of people. Right. Yeah, that's a very good question. And um, yeah, I think that that's the, basically the thing missing, uh, basically, to the newcomers, right? People never never talk about how to get information or get pricing. Um, yeah, I think you, you need to know a few basic websites, like the, um, for example, uh, like 130point.com. You can check the by offer sold price. The website of better <laughs> um, um, acknowledge my <laughs> promotion <laughs> somehow. Yeah, and also, um, for example, for Panini cards, you can use their checklist. And also for the Beckett, uh, yeah, I think I always use the Beckett um, website to see, like, for example, if, if I want to say, um, for example, if I want to sell a card, I want to say this is the Peyton Manning's first uh, uh, exquisite logo man. So I need to put in the keywords and there's a list generated and you check and you can, from that data, you can characterize how good the card is. And um, so th there are a bunch of websites like this you have to use daily. I think that's the basic thing. And also, um, right. And also you need to maybe have a, a couple of good friends to share discussion with maybe from different camps so you you do not think on the same always the same way um it's better to have a guy who always uh, not a, on your on the same page like always um you have to convince him or yeah it's better that way and also um can i maybe, share 
I mean, sorry to cut you off. I mean, the real 27 guy, right? Adam is yeah. a great example of that. He, Adam thinks mm -hmm. as unique as anybody in the game. I, I don't think yeah. there's anyone who thinks like Adam. He's, he goes against the grain. So that's a good example of that. And go check yeah. out Adam's uh, magazine. It, it's really cool. It's called the Basketball Card Fanatic. Right. Great. Yeah. It's a nice, nice magazine. And uh, I was. Adam, you, I think... you better do something for this promotion. <laughs> okay. You better right. acknowledge this promotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, maybe um, because I. My personal from the forum. I think people only look at the forum maybe on the current page, but there is a search function, right? You just search certain topic, all the historical threads came up. And uh, uh, for example, the only current active forum is blowout.com, like forum.com. And you search and I think blowout is very, um, it's uh, like very active because the traffic is generated by chit chat, right? Sometimes a little bit of flame war going on. You, you, you should be able to uh, see through all that. Just look at the a key, like certain key observation by guys. Uh, you can learn quite a lot from them. Yeah. I think also, you know, historically, maybe people are already very skeptical about certain cars selling at a very, very laughable level at the current rate. But back then, people don't believe it. And yeah, it's good to have some perspective and so on. Yeah, I think. Basically, I, I, I am, I'm using the same kind of uh, resource everybody can use. Yeah, you just have to keep using them. And um, yeah, it's, maybe I'll, I'll try to make some posts uh, to at least some of the, the ways I try to do research to help some guys. Yeah. My favorite thing you said is about grab a couple of friends out there who might not be thinking about it the same way as you. You know what I mean? It's not an echo chamber time, right? First of all, it's cool to have your friends because you get to you get to show the seven Kobe's and be like, ha ha. So that's the one good thing to have those friends. But two, I mean, maybe you're thinking about buying something and they're like, you're insane. Like, why would you ever do that? You know, like, why would you spend that much money? You could buy this, this, and this instead. Or, you know, why would you do it? It's great to have that that ability to kind of, you know, bounce those ideas off of somebody else. Um, anybody who's out there who says, I wish I had somebody, you know, Andrew has no friends, so he understands. But, but you know, if you're out there and, you, you know, maybe you're in an area of the world where there's not a ton of people for you to bounce your card ideas off of, message us. Send us a message. We'll get you in a, um, you know, Luca Nation group where you, we'll, have, we'll have 25 other friends who you can bounce your card ideas off of. We'll try to put you in something like that. We'll get spin in one of those, too. He'll, he'll have your head spinning in a second. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll call it the spin group. We'll okay. only talk about Kobe, only talk about cards that spin needs. So we'll, we'll fill the group with other people who have one-on-one -on -one Kobe's and spin will make crazy offers to get them from you. It'll be a lot of fun. No, but yeah. seriously, though, the, the community is an important part of, of the hobby. I know you have to love that, right? I mean, you, you have to love you know, putting the pictures up of some of the Kobe stuff you have and the feedback you get of some of the crazy collections that you've built. Um, so I know I do. I, I should show my cards off more often. It's cool, man. It's part. It's part of the fun. It's part of the cool. I mean, I don't have what you have, <laughs> but nobody does. Spin. What's up, Andrew? Do you ever go to shows? Because you're you kind of you're like this mythical creature in the hobby that like everyone's like loves your collection. I'm curious. Do you ever go to shows in the states? Have you met a lot of your friends in person? Right. I think um, maybe like let's see. Uh, maybe four or five years ago, I I've been to nationals and actually met a bunch of guys. I post all the picture on Instagram. Like yeah, I I've been to the show two times. Um, I think when the COVID situation is over, I think I, I would like to go again. Like, 
and the, these days national is not the like the only right big shows there are many shows put forth by people so a lot of opportunities to to meet people or by yeah I love it. So last question, we'll wrap with this. If someone were to ask you, you know, is the hobby, you know, in the beginning, in the middle, in the end, what do you think? <laughs> I got this. That was, that was first day evening, something. <laughs> okay. We yeah. are in the pregame. We're in the warmups. Uh, <laughs> where do you think we are, Spin? Give people, you know, your kind of thesis on the hobby moving forward, if you don't mind. Yeah, I think it's... Um... I, I, to me, it's uh, definitely a transformative year because uh, before it was just a, a hobby, right? And nowadays, like um, my family and my wife, it's very impressed about like the collection I have, like the returns and everything. And also outside people also regarded this as something worth looking into. So this has never been the case before. So it's definitely going to a different uh, level. Um, but yeah, I also feel very um, optimistic about this thing. It's definitely not uh, nowhere near the height yet because um, I think the cars, for example, has an intrinsic appeal, right? It's If you look at certain cars, you're just drawn to it, no explanation needed, right? You don't need to like try to convince somebody this is a really nice one. And certain cards, because I know a dealer uh, who is very good at flipping things, but there are a couple of cards he cannot just, he always kept like in his PC. So for certain good cards, it can turn an um, investor into a true collector for certain cards, right? So, so those kind of quality, I think, yeah, it's, it's impossible to just um, um, dismissively uh, think it's uh, now is the already we are at the top. I think it's nowhere near and a lot of people are getting in like from various different parts of the world. And yeah, it's definitely interesting. I, I, also, I also like the fact that um, many cars are valuable right now, right? And uh, everybody almost have a one or two of those. And also, it's impossible for very few people to have a ton of them. So it's the game is wide open. It's quite fun, and you can a lot of opportunities, right? You can, if you have a valuable piece, what do you do with it? Uh, do you want to keep uh, like the value keep growing, or to try to do something about it, like retire or something? Yeah, it's quite fun. <laughs> I just want to ask one thing before I close it. You mentioned uh, people from other parts of the world are coming in. Traditionally, this has been a U.S. hobby. You know, right. is Europe, is China, are other countries getting into this, really? Yeah, I think, yeah, a good point. I think, uh, first of all, I think the hobby has been, has a deep roots everywhere, everywhere. And uh, China and uh, Germany and other, uh, actually one of the deepest um, collector base. But I think, for example, in China, I think as far as I know, no one is willing to spend six figures readily. But there are so many crazy um, spenders in China. So there is a huge potential there, which can maybe add a decimal place if certain people jump in. So that's uh, one of the reasons that we can be optimistic about the thing. Yeah. 
Real quick, and I know we got to run. How do they grade cards? You know, how do they shipping is so difficult for these? Do you think that eventually, you know, PSA opens up, uh, you know, a grading company in Europe and in China? How logistically speaking, it's a lot easier to be a collector in the U.S. Right, it's definitely. But there is a like a certain shipping service, like Ship My Cards, who can help you to like reroute and um, collect. Because if you buy some cards, raw cards in the U.S., you can grade there and have them returned to you or just managed and sold or something. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Spin. This has been a blast, man. Uh, I think what's cool from you is we get so many different type of personalities on the show. You, you to me, strike me kind of come off as a just just a true researcher. And I think if there's one thing our Luca Nation should take away is how research leads to returns. Research, research leads to the right buying decisions. And like you said, there's hope because this is just the beginning uh, of what's going on. And if you do your research, you do your homework, you're in the forums, you have a cl close group of friends that you communicate with. If you use PSA, Beckett, and 130 point to do your research, you could find some good deals. You could start seeing patterns uh, and really capitalize. So I think that's a great piece of advice from one of the best researchers in the hobby there is thank you so much yeah that's good uh yeah summary <laughs> you're the best thank you very much okay thank you so i much just for I, I enjoy just looking at your page man so thank okay. you for that thanks for putting that stuff out there we appreciate it thanks for your time